Welcome to Trending in Education. This is Mike Palmer. I'm joined today by Erin Llewellyn, who is the CEO of Global Citizen Year. It's an organization with an interesting mission. We're going to get into what Erin is doing at Global Citizen Year in a moment. Before we do that, Erin, as a rite of initiation, we always like to ask our guests for their origin story. What got you to this point in your professional life? Spin us a yarn. Tell us a tale. How'd you get to this point in your career? The arc starts early. I would start it with a job I had in, in college where, you know, some people have internships in college and I needed to make some money. So I worked at a wood mill and I pulled green chain, which is wet wood for hours of my summer. And it, I think that job laid the foundation for me as I think about working with people who are different from me. I was one of two women. I was the only woman in the summer to join. And I had this incredible experience. I loved the people I worked with. And I think I learned what true hard work is mm. in ways that has served me well since. Mm -hmm. I will sometimes ask myself, well, is this as hard as working at the mill? In the it's typically, no. You know, I can move on and work through whatever problem I'm trying to solve or whatever challenge I'm trying to solve. So yeah. that laid a foundation. And then, of course, if I think about my professional career, a big through line for me is starting in young companies and being either on the ground floor or close to the ground floor when they are founded and then helping them grow. And this is culminating most recently with your role at Global Citizen Year. If you could reacquaint our listeners with Global Citizen Year and how you got connected there, we'd love to hear more. Yeah, so I'll just talk about why Global Citizen Year for me, it's so important as an organization and as a mission. So I think a little bit about my background will help set the stage for this, which is I'm from a wonderful blue collar family in tiny Cedar Flats, Oregon. My dad is a retired logger and my mom is a retired public school teacher. And mm. I named these two professions because being raised in a blue collar family in a blue collar town is pretty core to who I am today. Mm -hmm. Having one parent in a job that ranks in that list of most dangerous jobs and another parent who is in the list of most possibly underappreciated jobs, I think leaves its mark. And I had questions like, who makes these rules? Who designs these systems? Who decides who's in charge and who has rights and who doesn't. And mm. that curiosity and that foundation has fueled me ever since. And, you know, my childhood was awesome. And I also just knew the world was bigger than the small town that I was in. Yeah. And so I applied to colleges. I got into colleges across the U.S., but for financial reasons, I ended up 12 miles down the road at University of Oregon. Go Ducks. Is that right? Yeah. So big duck band, big duck band. And I had the most incredible opportunity at University of Oregon. It turned out to be a gift. And they had this program where they would sponsor you to go abroad and get some work experience. Yeah. And that fundamentally was a game changer for me in so many ways. I moved to Cape Town for mm. one year. Cape Town was my first big city. I worked in a nonprofit focused on ending domestic violence. And this I, is South Africa for the geographically challenged out there. Thank you. Yes, Cape, Cape Town, Town, South Africa. Yes. And I lived in a house with five South African women from all different backgrounds. Mm. And I really, I think about this year as the year that changed my life fundamentally. I would categorize it in two ways. I think one was my understanding for how 
interrelated our challenges are, that was cemented. I was able to connect dots globally that had never come into my brain before. Yeah. Learning and also unlearning at a core level, not just academically. And then I think the second piece was deep humility. And I think that humility I gained from that led to courage. I realized I could do hard things and mm. they may or may not turn out. And that's okay. I can still go do more hard things. And I think those complementary forces, that humility and that courage led me to the role I'm in now. And I'm really lucky. Not everyone gets the chance to do something so connected to an experience that they had themselves. And now I focus every day on providing young people this opportunity that I know in my heart of hearts will change their perspectives and skills. And I can relate to that in such a deep way. And maybe zeroing in a little more on the actual program that Global Citizen Year is running, it's very similar to your experience through the University of Oregon, that year overseas. Global Citizen Year has a very specific set of objectives around that. Can you explain a little more who Global Citizen Year is for and, and what the program looks like? Yeah. So we work with young people on the cusp of adulthood, specifically post-high school to 21 years of age. And we give them an immersive experience abroad. And we work with young people from all over the world. In our history, we primarily worked with young people from the United States. And now we've broadened that through the pandemic to young people all over the world and give them an immersive experience that really takes them on a journey that helps them understand the community that they came from, the community that they're then living in, how those two are connected helps them learn about themselves, helps them learn about people from all over the world and teaches them empathy and global perspective in ways that academics alone just cannot do. Yeah, that's something I think we all understand. But then the pandemic happened and that model really wasn't available, which is why I thought it was interesting to think about hybrid and going online and some of the stuff that was cooking around your virtual academy. That's interesting. And then how that connects to the new awakening that we're starting to see now, where folks are starting to re-envision things that we really weren't able to think about during the pandemic. Can you catch us up a little more on what Global Citizen Year has learned through this recent transformation and then what you see as we're starting to hopefully come out of some of the pandemic shutdown frame of understanding. Yeah, I think it could be helpful to just start with, you know, we, we were founded about 12 years ago by Abby Fallick, who you had on the show, and she believed in the power of global experiences to really harness and develop the next generation. And that's what we're built upon. And in that first decade, you're right, we were running an in-person program that required travel abroad. And then the pandemic hit. And we had to shelve that, obviously. We knew that young people wanted to connect. We knew they wanted community. So we launched the academy. And in that offering, we learned a ton. We served 1,500 young people in two years in that model. And we had served 1,000 in the 10 years prior. So one of the things I think for us is that we were healthily skeptical, I would say, that a virtual offering could offer the same level of transformational experience as an in-person. Mm -hmm. So we paired up with a team from Harvard to research it and measure the impact. I mean, impact is our bottom line. And yeah. while the impact is different, we had to stand corrected that it wasn't impactful. It was very impactful. And we learned that 
we could think about our model differently. That was a one of those mind-blowing light bulb moments where mm -hmm. you could deliver it in a completely different manner and get very similar results. I think that's opened up our thinking in bold ways. You right, know? right. I've heard several folks talk to me about creativity and how creativity frequently is driven by constraints. That's right. Mm -hmm. But then it's also interesting when those constraints are lifted. So very much an in-person model, the constraints force you online. Now those constraints ease and you can start to think about blending. You can start to think about hybridizing things. That's why I thought you're at a very interesting point in the evolution of the organization with you leaning in now in a leadership position. I'd love to hear more about how you're thinking about basically going in-person only, then going online only. And now, how are you thinking about the next chapter? When I think about what we just did with the Academy, I think the virtual offering is a great tool. Virtual is a great tool and it doesn't replace human-to-human -human interaction in person. And that's why our newest innovation is a hybrid. I think utilizing virtual tools to serve more young people, to build community across borders is absolutely imperative. And when we can pair that with true in-person human interaction, mm -hmm. it really amplifies the possibilities. Yeah. And so that's where we're headed is a hybrid model. You know, even when I think about what the Academy taught us, taught us so much, it helped us transition from serving primarily U.S. students to serving a global group of young people. And yeah. there are young people from a hundred different countries. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. And the power of that diversity in the learning is unmatched. And mm. so forevermore, Global Citizen Year will serve a global population. Right. A huge advancement, I think, for our mission. And I think from that perspective, it also taught us how we design needs to be different. So designing curriculum, our curriculum needs to be designed by a global group of educators from mm -hmm. here on to really truly infuse the global perspective. And I think the other piece that the Academy gave us was it launched us into a new category where youth voice in the design is critical. I know you had Justin Wynn on mm -hmm. your show. He mm -hmm. talked about how Gen Z knows when an adult is trying to be like or ingratiate themselves to Gen Z. Right. right? Antenna is up. It's the old Steve Buscemi with his skateboard and his hat on backwards looking for kids to hang out with. Yes, yes totally. And so we, we learned this during the academy. And so we did a thousand person quantitative and qualitative study with Gen Z and their families. What do they need coming out of the pandemic? What are they seeing? What do they want? What are they missing? Yeah. All of that paired with the global design team is how we came up with Take Action Lab, which is our newest hybrid innovation. Yeah, and that's the one, it's interesting to me because I think about the old saw about activism, which is think globally, act locally. It's almost like you need both. And it feels like the online program allows you to be truly global in ways that we were probably limited in our perspective prior to the pandemic and in some ways probably opened our eyes a little bit. But then at the end of the day, when you're, living your life when you're activating at an individual level, it's within your local community. It's within the people you're, you're shoulder to shoulder with. And that's the other part that is really interesting that you're measuring now the level to which the different cohorts 
feel that sense of connection and how much of it can be built online and how much really is still powered by being in the same place. I think we've whetted our appetites enough in terms of describing what you got cooking next. This is going to be in Cape Town, which is also the place that you were talking about before. So it does tie back to Cape Town. What do you have on the horizon in terms of the lab that you're building? Cape Town is clearly near and dear to my heart. So we just launched Take Action Lab. Young people will be gathering in a matter of weeks, and it's our hybrid model that incorporates all the learning that we just talked about. Uh, we've selected a global group of young people for a transformational experience that will equip them with skills, perspectives, networks to work toward and find global solutions as they go on in their life. Mm -hmm. uh, we're starting in Cape Town, but we'll be adding new locations. And we're building this worldwide group of young people who will meet in Cape Town. They'll apprentice in one of our 30 partner organizations. They're going to be learning from local leaders who are tackling issues across the board, but really under a theme. This is one of the things we learned from young people is they wanted thematic options. So the first theme out of the gates is human rights. And all of the nonprofits they'll be working with are working with human rights issues. And then we'll provide our curriculum, which is, of course, a scaffolding to their experience, helping them better understand themselves how to be in community with both the folks that they're working with at their apprenticeships and also the other young people from across the world. Yeah. And then how to see their interrelatedness in our current global challenges. That's the scaffolding that we provide on top of their apprenticeship and lived experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It does remind me of, we talk a lot about generational zeitgeists on the show and Gen Z in particular does capture a lot of the collective imagination right now because they are the future. They are right in front of our eyes. And there's a lot of myth making about generations, but there is also some reality to it. As someone who's diving in now, what are your impressions working with global youth as they try to bridge into their adult lives? I find Generation Z to be just an absolute inspiration. I am every day enamored with things that they're doing and the ways they think outside the box and their creativity. I mean, this generation is coming of age during challenges that are testing us at completely unheard of levels. COVID, yeah. climate change, social media. We don't even know the implications of that. We're still understanding it. Um, mm -hmm. They have more information at their fingertips than any other previous generation. They're growing up with this constant influx of information, but that's all they know. You and I, Gen Xers, we remember when we didn't have that. And I think the challenges of the world, particularly climate change and the pandemic, have them worried. They're worried more than past generations. The data shows that. Mm -hmm. And we also know the pieces that are a bit more concerning, which is their mental health, very related to all the things I just talked about. Mm -hmm. They're poised and they're ready to address some of these challenges with their activism. They're active on levels that no generation before has ever done. That's something that we're excited to harness. How do we harness that energy, work with them, not in a condescending manner, but more so, hey, let's work together to see what skills you want, what skills you need, equip you with those skills and let you go, let you work and let your creativity do the working towards these solutions. Yeah. Their ability to lead and inspire each other is something that 
you know, for older generations, it's just like parenting. At what point are you really supposed to be getting out of the way as opposed to getting in, getting more involved? The other thing that's happening with this generation, which is why I think Global Citizen Year is in an interesting space, is that they're tending to stay home longer. The onset of quote unquote adulthood is being delayed in some ways. It is interesting that you are also focused on really the heart of that transition where, you know, ideally, if you are going to college, there is ultimately four years and then there is time to grow up on the other side. But we are finding that first off, kids aren't equipped necessarily to do that. And that secondly, there's not really anything to hand them off to, to really smooth that transition on the other side. Can you talk a little more about that, the transition into adulthood and the role that your organization and others like it are trying to fulfill to help kids bridge into their more adult selves? There's so much to talk about here. What I would talk about related to what we do is when you move to a place that is outside of what you've always known, you are ultimately immediately in what we call your stretch zone. Mm. And we think at Global Citizen Year that your stretch zone is where the best learning happens. Mm. And when you're in a community other than the one you grew up in, you're automatically there and you're living in that stretch zone. And mm. our job is to keep you in that stretch zone, both in your mind, in your heart, you're learning from people that you may have not had any experience with culturally before. You are doing work in an apprenticeship with and in community with others. And those types of experiences give you independence. They give you agency. And they teach you more than if you were reading about it from the comfort of your own home. Mm -hmm. That's critical for developing the courage and keeping the curiosity around what is possible for me. Where should I go next? Why don't I try this? Mm -hmm. Let me jump. Let me take this attempt at, you know, whatever project I was thinking about doing. And I think doing something and getting in the arena, so to speak, a little bit in a learning framework. We're very careful here. This is not about sending young people abroad to, quote, make an impact. No, right. this is you going abroad to learn in a much more fundamental, transformational way mm -hmm. so that you can, in your life, create positive impact. Mm -hmm. And I think that these types of stretch experiences are hard to get right now. And especially coming out of a pandemic where we had to really hunker down, they're even more important at this moment. Somewhere... Both Lev Vygotsky and Carol Dweck are nodding. Maybe even Yoda is nodding. I'm not sure. I think they're all in favor of growth through experiences and through really having the courage. And I did like before when you were talking about the humility, then building your courage and the way in which these different things connect to one another. We're getting a little closer to time, Aaron, and I always like to get perspective from guests. Are there any other trends out there? Any other things that you're noticing that you think our listeners would benefit from hearing about? Anything out there capturing your imagination these days? I've been thinking a lot about how our social media culture right now, and one that Gen Z is particularly steeped in, but we all are in so many ways, is creating relationships that are inherently more shallow mm -hmm. and 
there's so much room to assume and intuit and not really know. You can curate your appearance and curate what you put out there in the world about yourself, which I think in turn can then cause all kinds of inner turmoil. And I know that coming out of the pandemic, one of the things we need is depth in relationships. And I think about what experiences can we give young people that help them forge deep, lasting relationships. And we should think about those and make sure that those are in place and that those are a natural part of becoming an adult is learning how to work through issues with someone that you care about, that maybe something came up or having a deep sense of connection to someone in a place that's similar to yours or a place that's very different than yours. That's been on my mind a lot. And I, I think connecting that to the experience that we're offering, that's something that we're working through too as we think about a hybrid model. Yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting when you think about what Global Citizen Year is doing. It's focusing on this really critical transition in a person's life. I always wonder about those types of interventions. Are there other points in one's life? As a father of a four-year-old, You know, could any of these types of experiences be pushed earlier, sooner? Obviously, it needs to be developmentally appropriate, but do you have any perspective on that? It does feel like, obviously, it's complicated, and the passage to adulthood is probably the most critical, and it culminates really in your early 20s if things go best. But any other perspective on where these types of interventions might be most relevant? I think that's a great question. I think moments of transition. So I would say transition from college to career, transition from career tranche one to career tranche two. And the reason that I particularly think that the cusp of adulthood is a great opportunity for something like this is because it's before we've formed our identities, but we are thinking about our identities. They're part of how We're relating to the world and we're starting to form thoughts and opinions around that. And that is an opportunity to have your mind widened, Mm -hmm. an opportunity to have new perspectives come in before we get too narrow in the Mm. scope of both what's possible for the world, but what's also possible for ourselves. That's a great answer. Although I was hoping as someone mid-career or later that there might be a trip to Cape Town or similar location in my future. It was a setup. Aaron, I'm sorry. Still a great answer. As we're getting to our final thoughts here, I always like to conclude by giving guests an opportunity to reiterate and close with some takeaways. We talked about a lot. Also, if folks want to learn more about Global Citizen Year, where should they go? They should go to globalcitizenyear.org to check us out. And you can also follow us on Instagram. As a parting thought, we are in a place where we know that the current education system is not right now able to give us the outcomes where a young person comes out of a K-16 education equipped with the skills to address our global challenges. This is an opportunity to really not go back to how we were doing this before, but to think of ways we can add in elements to a young person's education that leapfrogs them into being able to solve some of these complex global challenges that are afoot right now. Erin Llewellyn is the CEO of Global Citizen Year. It's an interesting organization. Check it out at globalcitizenyear.org. 
www.thepodcast.org. Aaron, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And for our listeners, hopefully you enjoyed what you heard. If you did, please subscribe, write us a review, do all the good things. We'll be back again soon. This is Trending in Education. Yeah, so we work with young people on the cusp of adulthood, specifically post-high school to 21 years of age. Yeah, so we work with young people on the cusp of adulthood, specifically post-high school to 21 years of age.